podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly view system deal. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. Ain't no place like a cowboy place. Ain't no town like a cowboy town. Ain't no way like the cowboy way. Have a cowboy kind of day. Yeah. Try the new Big Sky Burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese, and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Have a cowboy kind of day at Roy's. Ain't no way you're going wrong. Hey. DoorDash and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. I'll only be a minute. Come in with me. What is HomeSense anyway? Look, outdoor furniture is in. Hey, that's a great brand. And it's a six-piece set. Check out this price. Are you sure that's not just the no, table? No, chairs too. Is this an outdoor rug? It is. It's nicer than our indoor rug. Outdoor ottomans, planters, patio umbrellas. Are you seeing these prices? You save a lot at HomeSense. This is the year we love our backyard. Can I say something? Yes. I'll get the truck. And that is why I love you. Save on outdoor like never before at HomeSense. Discover a store near you at HomeSense.com. We might be losing our fangs and we feel sad and we feel lonely. It's the day trippers. Well, so much for the fortnightly pod. After waxing lyrical last week about our Luis, he only goes and turns Dracula again. We'll assess where to now for Liverpool and their wayward vampiric genius. On top of this, the club decide to announce the Lalana deal for an amount that was widely reported on May 21st. Has this shallow boxing been to the satisfaction of Southampton? There appears to be a raft of deals on the cusp, including moves for Divock Origi and Lazar Markovic. And we also discuss a shy Brazil win, a lucky Dutch win, a convincing win by Dark Horses Colombia, and a penalty shootout victory by even duskier equines Costa Rica. So then, on with the show, mi amigos. Right, we're very lucky now to be talking to James Pierce, and we're going to chat to him a little bit about Liverpool's transfer activity over summer and generally all things Liverpool as they stand currently. James, lovely to have you on. Could you maybe tell us if you have uh, any extra little bits of info that are going on at the moment as regards news stories that might be about to break or any little suggestions of news stories that might be about to break? We're all pretty familiar with the current ones that are, are on heavy rotation. Is there anything new that you've come across? Uh, I, w- I wouldn't say there's anything new that I haven't 
I haven't already put in the echo or, uh, or, or on our website. It's, uh, no, I think you know Liverpool's targets have been pretty well documented. I think you know news broke on on Friday when it became pretty clear that Liverpool firmed up their interest in uh, Lazar Markovic, the uh, the Benfica winger. He's probably the uh, you know the, the the name that's kind of caught the eye in the last few days. Obviously the Lallana deal that's uh, you know obviously is. Uh, it's almost complete. I think it was due to be announced uh, today, but that's probably going to be Tuesday now before um, before the, all the paperwork finished on that one. But uh, yeah, Markovic is an exciting one. I think uh, people I've spoken to inside the club, um, you know, are, are excited about you know, his potential. He's a, he's, a, he's a young player, Serbian, with uh, they, they think a big future ahead of him. So they're hoping to hoping to try and do a deal for Benfica with that and. Uh, and then I'm sure after that, once you know Markovic, if, if that deal is completed, obviously he's got Lallana and, and, and Lambert and Emery Chan. Um, and then I think he'll look obviously at the defensive side of things. And the uh, the interesting one probably will be uh, you know whether he does go back to Southampton for for Dejan Lovren because uh, there's no question that Brendan Rodgers is a huge admirer of his talents. And uh, you know he was the manager believes he's the kind of leader that Liverpool's defence needs if they're going to. Uh, you know, tighten up because there's no question. Obviously, that was that was the Achilles heel last term. Um, and then left back, you know, uh, left back is a real priority area for Liverpool. Um, obviously, Jose Enrique is back fit and will be challenging for a place. But Liverpool do need a, a top class uh, acquisition in that spot. And it's just a case of whether they can uh, sort out a deal for Alberto Moreno because uh, you know they they ran into problems with Severe on that score. And you, you wonder how long Liverpool will persevere with Moreno before they. Uh, start looking elsewhere. Sure. And James, it, it seems to us on the outside, at least anyway, that, um, as you say, those ones that were flagged up early on and uh, the ones that have been made very, very public are the ones that basically uh, have persisted throughout the summer and over the last few weeks. Um, do you feel, as as a local journalist who would have great access and, uh, and a decent relationship with the club, do you feel that uh, that you guys are kind of very much in the loop or has the club gone back to maybe older times and, and playing things very close to the chest uh, yeah I mean it's, 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 a kind of, it's, a, it's a constant battle isn't it trying to get trying to get little little tidbits of information I mean club the, the idea that the club are, are spoon feeding reported information on transfers I think that's what some fans think is is pretty pretty nonsensical because uh, you know clubs ideally want to get their business done Without anyone knowing about it, for fear of, of a rival club coming in and, and and nicking that player off them, but uh, obviously there's a, there's huge competition for transfer stories. Everyone everyone wants to to get to get to them first, and uh, you know it's 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 just a case of uh, you know picking up little tidbits where you can and and chasing them up, and and uh, you know and if you if you if you're confident that you've uh, you've got the right end of the stick, then you run with it. And as 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 a man who's basically uh, very close to the club and watching it on a regular basis, of those names that you mentioned, who are you most excited about seeing coming in? Um, I think I think with all with all rumours that come up, you kind of you, you you kind of process them in your head initially and think, well, let's just think how, how do Liverpool tend to do their business? You know, you look at you look at it. There was for, for an example, there was you know like Ashley Cole. Um, to talk about him joining Liverpool a few months ago, and uh, you know, you still check it out. But you, you, with that one, you kind of think to yourself, no, that just that just doesn't ring true. You know that, you know that Liverpool as a club, you know, have a have a policy of, of investing in in young talent, and you know, I guess kind of Colo Torre was kind of the exception to the rule in the same way as like Ricky Lambert has become 
this you know this this summer but uh you know by and large you know high earners like that towards the back end of their career you uh you certainly get the impression that that's uh that's agents trying to uh, trying to get their, uh, their their clients to move rather than, than genuine interest in the club. So uh, so yeah, you kind of you, you kind of get to know which ones are worth inquiring about and which ones you can uh, you can safely say that are absolute pie in the sky. Okay, um, and we we need to touch on the big one um, before we move away from the whole idea of, of transfers, and that's uh, the story of, of Luis Suarez and and whether or not he's uh, basically alienated himself. Um, <clears throat> Or is on the way out the door, like a lot of people seem to believe. Um, where, what's your own feeling on that? On on the way the club stand and that the, the way that he currently stands, given that we've seen his apology there today, um, a, long, a long time in the, in the coming, and and maybe a little bit qualified. How do you feel the club and Luis Suarez stand? Yeah, it's it's just a huge mess that Liverpool find themselves in, kind of through through no fault of their own this time around. You know, I've got. There are a lot of a lot of sympathy in terms of you know it's a major headache for for the manager, the chief executive, and the and the American owners. You know they the bottom line is they released their players to go on international duty, and they uh, and now they're faced with with, with losing him for four months because you know it's obviously Suarez's future was a subject of you know intense speculation before this happened. But you know a week ago, Brendan Rodgers would have either thought he'd have Suarez leading in the line on the opening day of the season or. He'd have 80 million quid to, 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 to spend on, there, on on filling that gap, and I think the reality is now he won't have either because uh, you know, even if Suarez does stay, obviously he's not going to kick a ball till November, and if he goes, Liverpool won't get the full asking price. I, you know, through, I, I'd be absolutely amazed if uh, if they get anywhere near to what they what they believe he he's worth. It's just you know, the big question now is what do Liverpool do? Do they do, do they you know as as it looks increasingly like that Suarez does want out? I think. You know, it's very coincidental the fact that this apology tonight, six days on after all the denials and claims of a witch hunt, is now you know suddenly the this apologies come out within you know hours of reports in Spain saying that Barca would demand in this apology. Um, the question is, what do Liverpool do? Because the people I've spoken to are still adamant that Suarez won't go for a knockdown price. So, so you know, do we then have another situation like last summer where they're fighting to keep an unhappy player? It's uh, so it's a it's a real it's a real dilemma for Liverpool's owners, and um, you know I, I don't think the situation is cut and dry by any means quite yet. James, hey, it's Phil here. Listen, just a quick question for you. Um, in the event that they do look to do a deal with Barcelona, how likely is the this Sanchez rumor? We, you know, it's been put out there. The club are interested in him. Is there any info that's come your way to say that Sanchez would be even interested in a move to Liverpool? Because there's a lot of conflicting information that he'd prefer to go back to Italy or go somewhere else. You know. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I must admit, I've uh, I haven't managed to get any 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 kind of uh, you know reaction or nod from the from Sanchez's camp and whether he would he be whether he'd be interested in a move to Liverpool. I mean, it's, there's absolutely no doubt that that um, you know Liverpool do want him. I put in the echo a week or so ago that they they'd had talks with Barcelona about uh, about Sanchez, and but it was more to register their interest because I think they just wanted it known that. If, if Barca do end up selling Sanchez this summer, they what they want to be uh, kept informed of those of those developments. But yeah. Um, yeah, there's no question, and I think you know his performances at the World Cup have underlined that he would be a you know if Suarez did go, you know if, if Liverpool could get him plus I don't know probably you'd probably say forty fifty million that would be that would be a, a fantastic outcome I think for Liverpool from all this. But 
um, yeah, did, would, would would Sanchez come? I, I, I don't know. It's a difficult one, isn't it? I know Juventus are another club who yeah. have shown a strong interest in him. Uh, you know, and there's even been reports that that he intends to dig his heels in and, and has no intention to leave in Barca. So uh, I think I think that situation hopefully should become a bit clearer now. You know, obviously now the Chile's mm-hmm. interest in the World Cup is over. I think um, you know that probably. That, that probably will will move on in the next week or so. Well, just to finish with something a little bit more tangible then, um, if you won't mind, James, uh, with the summer tour coming up, there's obviously going to be an opportunity for some of uh, Liverpool's more talented kids, uh, like we've seen in previous years, to uh, to accompany the team, the first team on that tour. Um, do you know of, of, of any of the guys who might be in the running for that? In terms of the youngsters coming yeah, through? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, the... the the one I'm probably most excited about would be be Jordan Ibe. That obviously he's not a not a complete unknown by any stretch of the imagination. But um, you know, I know on on Liverpool's tour last summer, he, he really caught the eye then, and um, you know, I think he was expected to to push on. And as it was, it was it was Raheem Sterling who um, who made the made the big impact in in the Premier League and forced his way into England's World Cup squad. But I think you know, I know speaking to people at Birmingham where I spent the end of last season, they were they were really impressed with him. And uh, you know, I think he's got he's got a big future. I mean, obviously, you know, the likes of uh, Jordan Rossiter, and you know, there are, I'm sure you know, players like this will go on the tour, and you know, Brad Smith, and there's there is some there's some great kids coming through at Liverpool, and I think uh, you know that'll be that'll be one of the exciting things of the tour because obviously, the, you know, the World Cup players will be missing for the start of it, so uh, you know, and they they will get chances. There's no question with that next season because. Uh, Yes, Liverpool will have a bigger squad to cope with the demands of being back in Europe. But uh, you know, Rogers, Rogers will also have to have to look to use the kids, especially in you know the early rounds of the Carling Cup, the sorry the Capital One Cup, and you know the uh, and, and even on you know on the bench for Premier League games, maybe after you know a, a tough tough European game midweek. So uh, you know, and they, the, the great thing for those kids coming through is they know they've got a manager who you know will will put his faith in youth. He's been an academy director himself. He uh, you know, he's not not afraid where other managers are afraid, and uh, you know I think that will will spur them all on when they when they get on that plane to America. Good stuff, and it would be remiss of us not to ask you, given what's going on at the moment, who you think uh, is going to probably win the World Cup as it stands. Who who would you shout if you had to pick one? Oh, sorry, I didn't quite catch that. I was just saying it would be remiss of us not to ask you who you thought might win the World Cup, given what's going on at the moment. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what? The, um, I had a bet on Argentina before the start, and although they haven't been particularly impressive so far, I think you know the fact that Messi is you know, as an individual is, is, is shown his, his class. I think I'll stick with them. I think the um, you know I, I just I, I just see Brazil slipping up. I know I know they're the bookies' favourites, but you know if they if, if that's that's purely based on home advantage. I think I think I think there are better teams in Brazil in this competition, and yeah, I, I, fan, I fancy uh, I fancy Messi to get his hands on that trophy. Yeah, well, bad news for you there, James, is that I bet on them too, which is a total, total kiss of death. I'm sorry about that. Um, OK, listen, it's great to have you on, man. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate that. No worries, guys. Thanks, James. Thanks, James. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. OK, I'm joined here in the bunker for this impromptu podcast by Phil Casey, Paul Brennan and Dave Thomas. And on the Hello. line... <laughs> that was better the second time. And on the line via the fickle magic of Skype uh, by Niall Sheridan and uh, the inimitable Molly Gents. Nowhere to start from an LFC perspective, but Luis Suarez. So let's go to that. There's been a terrifying lack of balance to about 90% of the sensationalistic agenda-driven coverage that we've seen 
it is incredibly bloody stupid by him. Can't be condoned the slightest. But the punishment that's been meted out by FIFA, is it, Molly, fair or not? Is it fair? Probably not, Trev. Like, I know we were chatting a while back and uh, we all had a few guesses of what the ban would actually be. I think one of us said it was, it was the maximum we came out with was two months. So for him to get double that is a little bit crazy. But having said all that, I do understand why. Like It is his third time biting someone. He, he also did it at what, what I suppose you would call the grandest stage of, of them all at the World Cup. And they kept all off then. He came out with this ridiculous defence of basically my mouth fell into his shoulder. Like, you know, I, I'm actually convinced that Lionel Hutz from The Simpsons is his uh, attorney because that, that defence was crazy. And then today, <laughs> just before we came on here, he's actually coming out with an, an apology. And I have to say, I read the apology, and my favourite part of it was is where he apologised to Liverpool Football Club, the manager, and the fans. Oh, oh no, wait. No, that wasn't in it at all. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Very cynical stuff. That Lionel Hutz thing is a wonderful show. Niall, where are you standing on this uh, punishment by FIFA? Excessive for you or about bang on? Or in your kitchen. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, Phil is a literalist. He's wondering where you're actually standing. I'm wondering how you feel about this punishment. Um, yeah, I think it was slightly excessive, to be honest. Um, I was shocked when um, I read um, that it affected Liverpool. I wasn't expecting that at all. I remember asking, just asking about, what, uh, did anyone expect Liverpool to um, bear the blunt of Suarez's last bite? But um, nobody really saw it coming. I don't think. Um, lots of people were saying that really FIFA couldn't really do anything inside the FA's jurisdiction. Uh, so that's the part really that I find excessive. You know, okay, fair enough. Maybe it is his third time, but maybe it'll be enough to leave it as an international ban. Because after all, as been said uh, by lots of people now, when um, Suarez beat Ivanovic, uh, Uruguay weren't affected. So I thought it was harsh in Liverpool that uh, we had to feel the blunt of it as well, uh, as well as Uruguay. Niall, do you, is is that where you stand? Do you, like from from our LFC perspective, and let's face it, that's all we we really care about. Um, it it's incredibly over the top for the club to have to suffer that to that extent, isn't it? Absolutely, that's the bit that gets me. Um, I can't see the sense in it, to be honest. Um, we're left now. Either we're going to have our best players going to be out for four months, or effectively, we're going to be forced to sell him you know we're left in a no-win situation really mm. i actually think it affects us just as much as it affects suarez himself yeah well that's yeah absolutely and that's kind of what i'm driving at paul brennan from your point of view did you see that this was coming like when, when you when, when when there was talk about a fifa punishment did you fear the worst and, and was this the worst or, or did you think it could even be no, I didn't see it coming at, at all. I think, it's, is it the first time in history that someone's been banned at club level for violent conduct at international level? Yeah. yeah. I think it is. Like, that's just ridiculous to me. Yeah. I think that, the, like, the four months part of it's, like, it's probably the most arbitrary punishment I've ever seen. Mm. It's like, uh, the fact that, like, you know, the, the news kind of filtered through in bits. They kind of said, oh, it's a nine-nine-nine-match nine ban. As your woman was reading the Sadie's statement down, I was kind of, like, in work, I, I don't give a shit how long he's banned for <laughs> your way. And then it came through, like, he couldn't do anything for four months at club level. Mm. And, like, I was kind of like, then that has to be a kind of piss take or something, but... Mm. I just find that unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did. I have to say personally, I did have fear of the worst, yeah. and I did fear some sort of almost collusion between the FA and FIFA. A little chit chats behind the back. We got to hammer this guy. But 
that it just seems incredible. And, it, and it, like if he just got, if it was just a straight four month ban, then it, I think it'd be harsh to, to punish Liverpool. But the fact that it's separate from the, the kind of Uruguay punishment, mm. it just seems like it's gone out of their uh, like out of their way to punish to, us. To, yeah, which is exactly. The hit bit I found kind of ridiculous. Absolutely, uh, Dave Thomas. It, you know, we're talking about whether or not we saw this coming. Um, is is there an argument to be made that look, it's unavoidable, really, given the given the the the, the, the repeat nature of the offence? No, there's, there's not. not an argument for that. It's no. a it's a ridiculous sanction from a ridiculous organisation. I mean, it's medieval in its attempts to absolutely, you know, wipe out a person for twenty one games. Not even, not even twenty one games. 21 games, four months of training, four months of taking part in his career mm. for something which is, you know, essentially nothing. There's no consequence from what he did. There was mm. no advantage gained by what he did. No one is injured. It's preposterous. And, you know, cl- you've got clubs who are racially abusing players being fined 35,000 euros. That's the club, yeah. The, the club, club being yeah, fined 35,000 yeah. euros. You've got... You know, people kung fu kicking opponents in World Cup finals. You've got Zidane headbutting someone mm. in a World Cup final mm. and gets banned for six games. Now we can talk about you know the repeat nature of the offence. We can talk about that. No, and I, you know one of the things that's driving me crazy is that people keep saying Liverpool fans are defending Luis Suarez. Let's make this really clear: nobody is defending what he did. He broke the rules. And if you break the rules, you deserve to be punished, right? But I don't think anyone... I've certainly never made any, never read or heard anyone argue that he didn't break the rules. Well, nobody whose opinion you give a shit about anyway. Right. Yeah. But then what this is, this is a PR punishment. This yeah. is a punishment to play Kate, the swirl of hysteria and ivory tower peering, you know, faux morality from the British media who, when it suits them, are the moral arbitrators of the game. But of course, if it's an English person, like Wayne Rooney as an example, who's had five occasions of violent conduct while playing in the Premier League, no one's writing articles that he needs to be banned for life or locked up or should never play football again or good riddance. You get journalists on Twitter, you know, Casting aspersions about an entire nation of people saying that they're all delusional. You know, you've got amateur psychologists, you know, diagnosing Luis Suarez with various mental issues. The whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. And it starts from the reaction immediately afterwards from the press, and the ban is, is just ridiculous. Now, it is what it is. It's happened, there we go. He hasn't helped himself. But there is no way, no way anyone could objectively look at what he did, look at the consequences of what he did, and say that he deserves to be banned for 21 games. Uh, Phil, it's it's quite shocking to hear Dave uh, cast aspersions on the likes of Henry Winter, the true, mo- <laughs> the true moral arbiters of our society, but we'll, we'll ignore that slander um, from our Welsh friend. And what alleged, we'll do is, alleged. And what we'll do is we'll, we'll move on, and I'm going to ask you about the, the more... <laughs> The, the, the sideways things to do with the man, the lack of being able to train, not being able to go into facilities. What in the name of God are they doing to this guy? I mean, it, it's they're finishing him off with the club, effectively, aren't they? 
no, because you know, for every reason that you were saying that he were he's finishing off with the club, like he can't do it for any other club he goes to. He can't he can't even put if he signs. Let's say he signs for Barcelona, mm. right? He can't put the jersey on. He can't put the jersey on in the stadium and get his picture taken kicking a football. That's brilliant. Maybe we could give him a basketball or something and send him into the basketball arena yeah. and let him bounce that around yeah. and just say, "There you go," <laughs> and bite the basketball ring or something. Yeah. Well, like I, 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 he can't. You know, I, I think, and I, I, look, the rights and the wrongs, for me anyway, it comes back, it is his tour defence, and you can't get away from it. The fella has bitten somebody once a year for yeah. the last three years. Try right? saying yeah. that without laughing. I yeah, know, I know, know, I know, but he's I, bitten somebody. I know, it's hysterical. Do you know what the, ga- the gas thing is? If it was somebody else, our opinions will be slightly different because it wasn't Luis Suarez. And we are coloured by the fact that he's been so brilliant for us and he is such a brilliant footballer. And I had this debate, which is the last couple of days, it was who do I think... Was, I said, look, I think he's the best footballer I've ever seen since Maradona. And I'm not. it doesn't mean that I think technically he's the best footballer I've seen. But his madness for me brings something else to the game. I, I like footballers who have a, a, a chronic flaw in their game who are also exceptionally brilliant. And Suarez is that. And he's, he's, the, he's the best at it since Maradona. Like when, you think, when you go back to Maradona in, in 87, 88, 89, when, when he started going mad on the drugs when he was in Napoli and, Napoli and the whole lot, right? And he was still winning trophies and he was snorting his head off and he was like doing everything. He was in with the mafia and the whole lot. Like he was a flawed genius. Like he's, you know, but that's what makes them stand out from the other great players. He like, could drive a team to yeah, success on his own. On a load of Colombian marching powder yeah. as well. Like, he, he, you know, he, he was just mad. Allegedly. Right? Allegedly. <laughs> well, I, I think that one is pretty well founded. Right? I think we're safe. We're I safe, think we're safe there. on that one, right? But, you know, I, I go back then to, to Suarez. He, he doesn't have any issues in terms of professionalism, the way he applies himself to a game or the way he applies himself to training or anything like that. And even when he wanted to leave the club last season, and a whole lot. He was still there in pre-season. He was still putting us all in when he went into the games. And even when it didn't come off, he put that season in that he just had, which is his best season in a red jersey for us, right? So, you know, to, to take football away from him, I can see what FIFA were trying to do on that punishment because the one thing that's clear out of this is that Luis Suarez loves playing football more than anything else in the mm-hmm. world, whether it's training, whether it's just being involved in football. And they've removed that from him. And if you want to talk about an effective punishment, if anything that is going to drill home to him that he's not allowed to bite somebody on a football pitch, <laughs> <laughs> it's, you cannot do anything yeah. football-related for four months. Do, I know you're not a fan of, of what you uh, derisively refer to as bog ball, but did you read uh, Donald O'Cusack's piece yeah it was it was a brilliant piece absolutely fantastic and he's driving to the same kind of place as you saying take football off this guy and he has nothing yeah. because that's what he's used to further himself all yeah. the way through his life. Yeah. And that is like if, if, if ever something was his life football is Luis Suarez's life you take football away and let's be honest about it, it the the, the the severity of his actions on the pitch couldn't be drilled home harder Done by saying you can't even train, fella, mm. unless he goes to Kosovo on loan, as they were talking about earlier on. Yeah, brilliant. Because they're not affiliated to FIFA. So brilliant. You can go there. But no, seriously, that, you take it away. And that's why, but I do think the punishment is going to get reduced on appeal. Mm. I think, you know, FIFA need to, needed to make a show because it's the biggest competition on earth. Um, and this was the show. And going back to 94 when Tassotti and Leonardo had the two instances where they where, where Luis Enrique's nose was broken and Leonardo put Tab Ramos in hospital for two and a half months, right? Yeah. They got the biggest punishments that were doled out at that time. So, you know, mad shit has happened since then. 
and whether it's whether it's an act of seriously injuring somebody on a football pitch, which it wasn't, right? It was just it just sends out all the wrong signals, and it was you know one it, it's the third biggest player on the planet, so you know it, that's why they've hammered home the way they have, in my opinion. Yeah, Molly, not right, but that's why they've done it. Molly, I know you're you, you you've had strong opinions about this from conversations that we've had uh, in the last couple of days. For you, and I know that an awful lot of people are in the same boat as you here. Is is this the straw that breaks the camel's back with with Suarez in terms of Jesus Christ, not again? I know an awful lot of people. The reaction was, "Oh, you stupid, whatever your chosen expletive is." People felt that. Um, uh, it, whether they found it funny or not, like I did, um, you know, they, they thought oh, you idiot. <laughs> is is it the final straw for you? Let's be honest, it is a tough question because. And so when I face these tough questions, I like to put it a few pros and cons. So yeah. if you look at Suarez's pros, like he scored 82 goals for us in 133 games. We've won the League Cup with him. He's won the Cup America. We've been running up in the league, running up in the FA Cup. He was a PFA player of the year, the FWA player of the year. He was a joint European golden boot winner with Ronaldo last season. And that's even before you take into account the fact that he is one of these as you see, kind of a player so he can absolutely do anything. So he's done all that, which sounds absolutely fantastic. And no doubt, in my mind, right now, he's probably the best player in the world. But, and there is a big but with him, there's plenty of cons. Like, only since he's joined the club, he's been accused of racism against Patrice Evra, which he got banned for. He gave the, the Fulham supporters the middle finger, which he got banned for. He returned from a ban and refused to shake Patrice Evra's hand after he told King Kenny that he would shake his hand. He got the second bite on Ivanovic, another Ben. While LFC went on the pre-season tour, and I know Phil said just a while ago there that, oh, even last time when he wanted out, he was coming into training and he was playing the matches. My holy was, he feigned injury last season. Then the boys went off on tour. He stayed behind. He gave his mate Sid Lowe a ring to come around for an interview. And then he tells Sid Lowe, oh, Liverpool are basically breaking my contract that I want to go to Arsenal and they've met the release clause but they won't let me go. He was ordered to train alone after that. Then, yeah, he had a fantastic season. He signed a new contract of over 200 grand per week. But even then, he had a clause written into it that if any foreign team comes in for him, he can go for, it's reported between 80 to 85 million. Some people are even saying it's even less than that but Take, take it at the hind. We'll just say it's between 80 and 85 million. If he really loved Liverpool so much and he really wanted to be part of that, there'd be no clauses in contract like that. You know? So, uh, uh, taking take everything into account, if Barcelona were to come to us and they were to say, there's your 80 million or here is 50 million and Alexis Sanchez, would I take it? Yes, I would. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually really interesting when you lay it out like that with all the pros and cons because it's kind of like a career path there and it reminds you very, very, very strongly of the reasons why we shouldn't necessarily have the home put them and why we, you know, and why we should love them at the same time. Um, Dave, I know that you've had pretty much exactly the opposite opinion. on, on uh, uh, but Molly, I'm right in saying though that overall you're coming down the side of, look, that's pretty much, you're, you're, you're pretty much done with the guy, are you? But you say pretty much done. At the end of the day, he's a valuable asset yeah. to the full football club. And, and this is the most important thing at the moment right now. He is our best player. He is a valuable asset. 
So I'm not saying, let's bomb this guy out. We should be getting, if we are going to bomb him out, we should be getting top dollar for him. Yeah. Like, we should be actually getting over 100 million. But because of this clause in his contract, the most we're probably going to get is 80, 85 million. So what I'm saying is, do I want to go at this stage? Probably, yeah. But I want to receive top dollar first. If Barcelona come along and goes, oh, you know, he's acting up, he don't really want to anymore, here's 50 million. I tell him, go swing. Yeah. Keep him. Yeah, yeah. So from a personal point of view, that Molly's saying pretty much that, you know, it, 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 he's rearing towards maybe Suarez out the door. Dave, I know, like I say, you've had the opposite opinion. Uh, are you very much hold on to him for dear life? Well, I have a couple of thoughts on this. So first of all, in the list of things that he's done wrong, mm. they're all nonsense apart from one thing, right? Which is he racially abused someone. And if you're a Liverpool fan that was able to move past that or cheered Suarez after he racially abused someone and didn't apologise, then you've got no moral high ground to start having a go about him sticking a finger up the fans or fucking, you know, biting people, which I still can't say without laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, bite. everything else is pantomime. Everything else is pantomime. He's done one seriously bad thing. And if you cheered him after that, and if you forgave him after that, and if you were able to move on after that, I'm sorry, nothing else compares to that. The second thing I'd say is, I don't think he loves Liverpool. And I don't, th- I don't think he gives a shit about Liverpool. Luis Suarez wants to win. And if Liverpool is the best way for him to win, then he'll be with Liverpool, right? And the reason he wanted to leave last summer is because we're not the best way for him to win. And the reason he'll leave now is because we're not the best way for him to win. So, and that's his character. We're never going to change that. There's nothing we do. It doesn't matter how many songs we write about him or cheer him or anything like that. He's always been like that. He's fucked over every club he's ever played for. Not because he's a bad person or because he doesn't have morals or anything like that, but because he wants to win. And he goes where he goes to try and win. And I want 11 players like that. I want 11 players who will do whatever it takes to win. And if that means the club has to get better, if that means that the people who run the club and the manager and everyone who's behind it has to go, we need to raise our fucking game because this kid wants to win with us and he's a fantastic player, then I've got no problem with that. I've got no problem with the third best player in the world challenging us as a club to say, do you know what? No, you match my ambitions. You prove to me that that this is where Mm. I should be. And if we don't do it, we don't do it. In terms of... We are not going to be a better side. Well, let me rephrase that. There is a good chance we're not a better side without Luis Suarez, right? But if you'd ask me, would you rather not have Luis Suarez or have three Luis Suarez? I take three Luis Suarez. Because if we had three Luis Suarez, we would have been champions last season. If we had three Luis Suarez, we'd win the league next season. Mm. Because this kid knows nothing other than to win. And does he cross the line? Yes, right. You have spare ones when one of them bites someone. Well, one of them bites someone. We just rotate in. You know, they just keep biting people. Right. But if if someone is saying that you're up now, Louis, too. (laughs) If someone is saying this is the straw that broke, and I get Morley's point, I really do, and it's exhausting. Right, it's exhausting being a Liverpool fan having to defend this guy or feeling like you have to defend him or being emotionally invested and all this kind of stuff. I, I totally get that. But if you really want Liverpool Football Club, and if that's what it's all about, if you don't love the players and you love the club, mm. then you want the club filled with people who will, you know, die to win. Mm. Luis Suarez tackles people with his head when he's on the ground. I want 11 players like that. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I that's, want. That's a, Niall, I'm, I'm, uh, there's a point that Dave made there that I found very interesting. He was talking about the club basically moving towards Suarez in terms of 
and, and, not, and not being afraid to do that. If you think back a few years where uh, Ferguson, for all his reputation about being this, uh, you know, uh, strict disciplinarian and uh, he's the boss and all the rest of it, he basically... Uh, prostrated himself in front of, of Cristiano Ronaldo because he wanted something. He wanted his club to go and win another European Cup and it worked for him. Should we be in a similar position when it comes to Luis Suarez given, as Dave said, he's the third best if not slightly higher on that list player in the world? Again, I, I um, agree with Dave's point to an extent as well. You asked earlier, is this the straw that breaks the camel's back? And I think I'm honestly torn when it comes to this because if you asked me that question last summer, I probably would have said the camel's back was already broken when Suarez, you know, he'd bit Ivanovic and then, as Moley was saying, then he'd done the interview with Sid Lowe and the Guardian saying, blah, blah, Liverpool, I want to get out of Liverpool, you know, so yeah. you would ask me the question then. But then, as Dave was saying, once you see Suarez out in the pitch and he's given 100% chasing every ball into the corner, you know, it's hard not to fall back in love with him. It's a really difficult quest- question to answer, you know, should we give him one more year? But just say... Um, what's the next thing that goes wrong with Suarez? You know, not necessarily a bite, but another controversial decision. And then what happens? You know, maybe then we are looking at a year ban, a two-year ban, and then that's effectively an £80 million asset gone. So it's a very tough decision. I can see the pros and cons of keeping Suarez, obviously, because he is, as you said, probably the third best player in the world. But also, will we ever get £80 million for Suarez again? You know, if uh, FIFA decide that this is his final chance, if something goes wrong next year, what do we do then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a very, very valid point. I think that's crossed a lot can, of people. Can I just in. say, right, my take on this is simple, right? Your team is better with Suarez, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And if you can keep Suarez, you keep Suarez. As much as Sanchez would be a great asset to the club in place of Suarez, he's not Suarez in terms of what he can do on the pitch. And, you know, at the end of it all, fans want to win trophies. And can will we win trophies? Well, are we more likely to win trophies with Luis Suarez in the team than Alexis Sanchez in it? In my opinion, we are. Mm. Um, and that's the, main, the be all and the end all of it. I don't condone what he did on the pitch. Um, I didn't think what he. Uh, there's a humorous side to it, but it was the same with the Ivanovic thing. I, I, I couldn't understand, and I still can't understand. And uh, even Dave Hartley wrote a great article about it because he does this action under similar circumstances um, and he repeats this action under similar circumstances and could I see, it, see him do it again yes and the problem is if he does it again with Liverpool mm. he's getting a season ban off the FA forget FIFA for a moment right because the, the FA said they will crack down on him um, if, he, if he's involved in another disciplinary incident similar to what had happened before. Which, which brings you back to the good point Niall made is, is it stick or twist time you think? Well for me for me I would stick purely because, as I said, are we more likely to win things with Luis Suarez in the team? Yes, we are. Is that team set up at this moment in time to play around Luis Suarez and build for Luis Suarez's strengths? Yes, it is. We sell him, then we're sort of back to the drawing board and almost taking one step back Mm. to try to go forward again. Because you can't replace him directly. Yeah. Now, it does... like. I, I don't think you can reduce expectations off the back of what we've just done last season, right? So you lose Luis Suarez and everyone is still going to expect us to challenge for the league title next season. But is it as realistic as it w- would have been with Suarez in the team? I don't think so because the team is set up for him. But it's not a bit of an emotional argument. Uh, Molly, I'll let you in one second. It's not a bit of an emotional argument that you're making there that I know I've made and the two of us, I think, said it last week. We just love watching this kid. Like, I'm, 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 forget, put aside what he does, what, what the, the things that he does on the pitch in terms of the visuals of what he does, right? I'm talking about purely, if Luis Suarez goes to Barcelona, are Barcelona more likely to win La Liga or the Champions League mm. than without, with, with Alexis Sanchez or Luis Suarez? Well, 
it's going to, they're going to be more likely to win stuff with, with Luis Suarez, right? Now, personally, I want to have the odds tipped in my favour as mm. a Liverpool fan than hoping that we can replace Luis Suarez by signing one or two players. So that. you're detaching yourself from the guy as a person and you're just saying his effectiveness is what you want in the team. Yeah, look, teams for, for, for decades, and, I, and, I, and I, I joshed about the, the Maradona thing, but it's true. People accept the faults in brilliant players because they are brilliant players. And if you're slightly tapped in the head as a brilliant player, you have to be extra brilliant for people to, uh, to continue to let you away with the behaviour that you go on on the pitch. Fair enough. Molly, you wanted to come in there, sorry. Yeah, no, it's just I was going to come across there, Phil, because you said, look, are we a better team with Suarez in it? And I would have said last season, yes. But now that he's banned again, what I'd like to know is when will his teammates, or will the teammates start getting basically pissed off at this guy? Like, this guy's going to be getting three million for sitting on his ass at home. He's not training. He's not doing anything. He's picking up over 200 grand a week over the full four months. He's going to rise to three million. So when... You know, who knows, maybe his teammates are going to start looking at this and go, hang on no here a minute, we're out here every day, we're training, we're busting our hole, we're doing our best to get Liverpool where they should be, and your actions is costing us this in the end of the day. Yeah, but the, so, the, the, like at, at the same time, it's not true choice that he's sitting at home and not training because it, it's it's part. Well, of the it ban. is true choice, Phil, because he was the one who bit the player. No, what I'm you saying, know, to, what, what, what I'm saying to you, Modi, is if the ban was just that he couldn't play football matches, he would he would actually come in training without it. Yeah, but if he didn't bit bit the player, there'd be no ban. So it, it goes back to him. He made that choice. Yeah, but you, you can't say that time. you can't say that the players themselves are going to sit at home and be resentful of the fact that he can't train or he hasn't come in training when he's banned from coming in training. Well, I, they, I, they I may, put they may, they, in their boats. If, if I was, you know, if I was a, a Lucas Levy or you know, maybe maybe these one or other squad. If, you, if you're if you're a Lucas Levy, you won't have to worry about it. <laughs> no, but if you're looking to this guy and you're thinking, well, I, I'm in here all the time and, and I'm doing my best and I'm getting grief from the fans and you know I'm trying my hardest, but off you go for the third time, you buy the player. You get banned again, and now you're going to get three million to do F all. I don't, I don't think that's. I don't think that's. I don't think that's an argument at all. Again. I don't. I don't think the money thing is going to be an argument at all. Well, what, maybe what, the money thing isn't, but the fact that they're in there and they're trying to win games and all it takes, Phil, is a couple of bad defeats at the bounce. And believe me, it, not only would, would the, the players turn, but the fans most certainly would turn on Suarez if Liverpool lose a couple of their opening games at the start of the season, and if Suarez is still with us. I guarantee you the fans will turn on him because they're saying, well, why aren't you up the pitch? Well, I'll go the opposite way. If he's still with us and we've lost a couple of games on the bounce, Luis Suarez will become an even better player for the fact that he's not on the pitch and everybody will be anticipating his return and the change of fortunes he'll bring to the team. I'm just left wondering what you would do, Phil, if it was Glenn Johnson who bit a player uh, three times. I'd love to see that reaction. Paul, I know you wanted I'd to come buy in. I'd buy my way Paul, I know you wanted to come in on this question as well before we finish up on, on this I'd, particular... I think that the players would react the same way I would. It's just... It's just pure, pr- pragmatically speaking, like, you, you would definitely keep him at the club, I think, just because of, of his quality. And I think he, he averages getting, he gets banned for about eight games a season, say, average, I'd say. And I'd still just take him, even if I knew he was going to get banned for, like, another few games of this season, mm. just because of his output. And, um, like, there's, 
you can Barcelona can offer us what they want. Like if football worked this way, if we've this much money and we're getting Sanchez and like everyone we buy is going to work out, then Spurs would have won the league last season. Yeah. But it doesn't work that way. We've got Suarez and we have to strain every sinew to keep him. I think and like I, I don't give a shit about all the moral stuff. Like that that doesn't even come into it. I don't think ninety nine percent of fans who slag Suarez would either mm. from opposition teams. They wouldn't give a crap if it was one of their players. As you like, you ask if you're a United fan about Cantona, did they go on about him spitting at Leeds fans and kicking Crystal Palace fans? Or like his rap sheet in France was even longer. Like no, they don't care about that. They just yeah. think he's a legend. Care about winning. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's exactly the way I think about Suarez. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, Dave, do you think this ban is going to get reduced? Um, given the way think the events seem to be panning out, there are rumours now of of, of uh, pending uh, sort of appeals and that kind of thing. I think if any semi-competent PR slash legal person would have this ban reduced and I think that's what we've seen today the apology is the start of that right so you get the apology you've got uh, Chiellini coming out and saying oh it's okay I hope your ban gets reduced you know you start to let the a bit of the anger die yeah. down it helps the Uruguay out to the World Cup I think that yeah. helps I think that means that suddenly it's not FIFA's problem anymore mm. um, and I, I got a funny feeling the ban will get the four month ban will either get suspended or reduced probably suspended to encourage him to behave better and you know, if Barcelona and Qatar, who sit behind Barcelona, start to put a bit of pressure on, I would not be surprised at all if he's kicking off in a Barcelona shirt, you know, come the beginning of the season. A basketball jersey, you mean? Yeah. Well, I tell you, I mean, you know, you know, the look, as I said, it's a ridiculous punishment by, by a ridiculous organisation. And these guys respond to pressure. And they respond to PR pressure, which is what they responded to straight away. And they respond to financial pressure. And I guarantee you there's some backdoor financial pressure being applied to FIFA to make sure that Luis Suarez, if he goes to Barcelona, can play for Barcelona. Well, I think, I, I think one of the most telling things is the fact that Adidas didn't drop him as, 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 exactly. as a player. He's, he's worth too much. Like, when it comes back to the basic value of a footballer in a football short, right, and what a player brings to a brand as such, right, you know, Adidas didn't drop him. And yet, a, a gambling company did. Which is yeah, but they, got, they they would get more exposure, of course, by doing that cynical, than they would if, if Luis Suarez was still um, a, a, a figurehead for for the for for their advertisement campaigns. Yeah, yeah. Adidas, Adidas will be exactly like we were last season, where we weren't sure about him when he said he wanted to leave, and as soon as he started scoring goals, yeah. it was all forgotten about. That's exactly what Adidas will be mm. like. Regarding this punishment, the only kind of the part of this mad punishment is that we can't appeal for some reason Liverpool can't come we know it's it's Uruguay who have to do it mm-hmm. and the the only thing is that um like Uruguay their whole setup like they they've pissed everybody off. Oh, it's remarkable. Like I mean, like there's, I'm there's, not coaching anyone ever. Like, there's there's, yeah. there's a kind of laughing about it and all, and then there's pretending publicly that it just didn't happen. Oh, it's brilliant. And then, like the it, sons it, of bitches quote. Well, <laughs> that's fantastic. But they're like, it, that's the only thing. Like that's not doing Suarez any favors himself no. and his teammates and the whole Uruguayan setup. I think that has their president or something said something about it as well. It's sons of bitches. Like this. That's the president. <laughs> Do you know something though? Right, and I agree. But if the English would be exactly the same. If this was Rooney, right, and he got banned for this length of time, or forget what Rooney, because, you know, the Manx would be on saying, I always use Rooney as an example. If this was, uh, you know, Lampard, all two Manx right, Lampard, it would all be coming out, and the English FA would be standing up. The English FA appealed Wayne Rooney's suspension from FIFA, 
when he got sent off against Montenegro. The English FA appealed to FIFA. So let's not pretend that, that, you know, the Uruguayan... For kicking the lad up the arse. That the Uruguayan (laughs) FA... uh, (laughs) Ted did to Len Brennan. (laughs) Any difference here. The other thing I'd say, just on Liverpool not being able to appeal the sanction, I think in the long term, that's going to benefit us because PR-wise... Silence is gold. Well, it keeps us out of that Silence bad is publicity. Loop. We don't want to make any yeah. statements. Yeah, we don't yeah. want to be. We don't want to be trying to defend him. Let the mad Uruguayans uh, do it. <laughs> in fairness, though, right? I didn't think it'd be possible to have a legal team as good as ours until I saw the Uruguayans when I came to defend them. You've seconded a team out there. So it definitely looks that way. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't kick you up the arse. Sure, I think you're great. <laughs> <laughs> I slipped. <laughs> sure, I think you're great. Uh, right. Okay. Let's move away from this nonsense. Come here to me, you little bollock. (laughs) (laughs) And let's move on to some more nonsense regarding Adam La 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 Lana. And uh, the deal is apparently done at 25 or 23 to 25 million pounds. Um, Niall, is it fair to say that there are, for some of us anyway, alarm bells of a Stuart Downing nature going off in the back of our head? Uh, You've got slightly confused, slightly torn fan base on, on, on this guy and the price tag on his on his noggin. Where where do you stand on it? Yeah, I'm a fan of Lalana, I have to say. I can see where people are coming from. I personally wouldn't have paid 25 or 23, 25 million, but then again, it's not my money, so I shouldn't really care. But uh, yeah, I'm a fan of Lalana. I said it. I watched him a lot last season, actually, and he always impressed me. I can see him. He's not probably the big name people were looking for, but... Um, I'm fairly confident he'll be a good signing. Um, I just think back to games last year, such as the Chelsea game at Anfield, and, you know, maybe having someone like Lalana to come on, you know, he would have made a difference in a game like that. So, yeah, I'm probably in the pro Lalana side, if you like. I think I have high hopes for him anyway. And where do you see him fitting in, interestingly? I'm just interested to see where where do you slot him in? I suppose we'll just assume that the, 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 the main man is still there. Uh, and as we go on into the season, where where does Adam Lallana play for you? Where do you see him most effective in this Liverpool lineup? Well, that's one of the pros about Lallana as well, is that he's uh, very versatile. He can play in lots of attacking positions, something that Rodgers has um, obviously been looking for in the past. Um, mm. I think next season, um, the squad is as important as the starting eleven. Obviously, we're going to have uh, a lot more games compared to last season. So... Um, you know, Lalana can fit in. He can fit in the number ten. You can even see him playing in a three-man midfield sometimes. Yeah. So uh, he offers uh, lots of options for Rogers. That's very true. Molly, would you uh, be generally happy with this deal? Um, uh, what's your what's your initial reaction to uh, the man and the price tag? I'm kind of slightly on the fence with him. You know, I think he is a little bit overpriced, but there, there is a couple of things we have to take into consideration. Like number one, he's English. And for some crazy unknown reason, that actually adds a premium to a player's head. But secondly, uh, it's the TV money. Like we earned a hundred million last uh, season on TV money, and that was just in the Premier League. So it looks to be just as of late what transfers are going through is that the transfers, there's like a little inflation, they're gone up by maybe twenty percent because the TV money are gone up. So if we signed this kid, well, I say kid is twenty six. If we signed him last season. It might have only been 15 or 16 million. But because of the TV money he's gone up and everything, it seems now his transfer worth is around the 23 million mark. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm on the fence. He, he could do okay, he could do shite. I'm not too sure about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't commit there, fella. Don't commit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave, where are you on, on Adam Lallana? And I, I, I know 
historically in these conversations you've been a fan um, what do you see him adding and, and do you see him being worth that to us? Well I think there's two questions the first question is is he good enough to play for us? Right, then yes he is. So is you're the ignoring answer. the two questions I asked no, no, and you're no, inventing your own t- <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking you fella, go on. So the first question is, is he good enough to play for us? And the answer is, yeah, of course he is. Okay. You know, he <clears throat> scores goals, he's two-footed, he presses well, he's quick, he assists, yeah, and he'll fit into the way we play. Not exactly the way we play. When he, you know, if he plays in a number 10, we're probably going to have to play a three in midfield and things like that. You know, there's going to be things that we're going to need to change. We're not going to replicate Southampton's system, but it's as near as damn it in terms of the way we play. High pressing, you know, fast transitions, you know, quick feet, quick passing. Uh, all of that is, you know, he has that to his game. The second point is that, you know, is he worth 25 million? Who the fuck is worth 25 million? Nobody's worth 25 million. But 25 million now is like 14 million when we bought down it, you know, in terms of the TV deal and the, the amount of more money that's come into the game. So it's not really a like for like comparison. The downing comparison doesn't work because we signed downing and then played him in a system which was completely alien to him, you know, which, you know, so we bought him playing well in one system and then set up completely differently and also set up then in a system that we would, we didn't play. So we not only put him in a system that he didn't play, we changed our system completely as well. And he flopped. And also Downing was mentally weak. There's no evidence that Lalana is mentally weak at all. So, but it comes down to me and I'm going to say this about every transfer we do. Last summer, the pattern was we didn't sign our first choice and when we got our first choice, we didn't pay enough for them. Lalana is clearly the first choice. He's clearly been extensively scouted mm. and Brendan Rodgers is a better judge of player than anyone you're going to find talking on anything like this. So I back him. As long as he is what Rodgers wants, then I, I'm glad the club is paying what it needs to pay to bring him into the system if mm. that's what Rodgers wants. Fair enough. Um, Paul, would you agree with that? that we've got to sort of row in behind the manager's uh, um, desires here and that he clearly, clearly wants this kid. No, it's good that we got a player that he wants. I just, like, I, I do kind of have a, a few reservations about the price. Like, like I think when you sign, every, like, obviously, there's, you take a chance signing every player. Like, there's there's a chance they, like, won't work out. There's a chance they will. But um, I think, like, 25 million, like, value-wise, that's kind of the real seal. I think Lalana has... He has to play really well to kind of be worth that. That's mm. my kind of worry that he has to kind of come in and like that's like twenty five million for a player. If he doesn't have an, like a fairly quick impact, then it's twenty five million that really could have been spent elsewhere. That's my only worry. But he is he is a good player and uh, he's obviously someone that Rogers wants. So I'm happy with him. Kind of like what he offers us, kind of squad wise. It's just kind of the price tag is my only. Yeah, that about. seems to be an opinion an awful lot of people have. That yeah. They're generally happy because he is clearly a capable footballer and he's a good squad addition. That's the the, the line I'm hearing from a lot of people. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a bananas price tag for a squad player, right? Yeah, that, yeah that's basically my only kind of problem. Yeah, yeah. Phil, do you, do, do, do you think he can play as one of the two ahead of Gerrard, if needs be? In other words, can we fit him into the system that we've been using? <sighs> yeah. But like, look, Lalana to me is just terribly underwhelming. It's 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 twenty five million quid, it's thirty million euro. Is he that level of player? No. Do, does he smack a downing? Yes. Like it's 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 that type of signing that just you know you look at it and you. I hope to God he does really well and he proves me wrong. Like seriously, right? I, I don't want him to flop. Right? I I really want him to come in. I want him to hit the ground running. I want him to bring everything that we that, that you'd expect him to bring at that price level, right? But I've seen Paul Stewart 
I've seen Ivan Leonards and I've seen Stuart Downing. I've seen these players come in before who are very good for clubs, mid-table clubs previously, um, playing that type of attacking midfield role that seemed like they were going to come into the Liverpool setup and be able to replicate that form and then not produce. Right, and I know Dave says, "Look, we we bought down and we did this and we did that, we did this." Right, but if Lallana has an average season at best, which is the best that Stewart Down and produced, we'll be listening to chance creation and clear chance, clear cut chance creation and all this type of stuff to back up to his his presence in the squad. Now, for me, he he has to come in and he has to remove either Coutinho, Allen, or Henderson from that team. That's what I was driving at. Right, and does he I, do that? I don't. I know people have said, oh, he's a better Coutinho, but he's not. Coutinho has a higher ceiling for me. And if, if, if I was to put me balls on one player doing something in a big game, I'm going to fall on the side of Coutinho because he's done it over and over again for us. Right? <laughs> That's a fucked up image. <laughs> <laughs> I just get this image of you gently placing them on someone's shoulder there. Go ahead anyway, go on, sorry. But no, it, 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 and that's, that's what it boils down to me. And I suppose, you know, I wouldn't have this reticence again if it was a 12 to 15 million sign, or even go stretching to 17 million and putting them in the bracket of a Joe Allen, whereby we know the guy has undoubted quality and mm. he was going to add something to the squad. But when you're paying that amount of money, he's a first team player and he's one of the first names on the team sheet. And for me, I just don't see the ceiling that brings him in to remove what we already have. Given the seasons that both Coutinho and Henderson had in the system that we're likely to play again next year, whether it's with one behind two or playing with a front three, yes, he brings great versatility. Fine, right? And he, he is going to be a good option for when you come back after Champions League games and you need players who are more than ready to be able to step in and do something in the Premiership. That's where the advantage comes. And it is a squad game and we do need squad players. I'm just sort of looking at the price tag and I, I, can't, I can't remove the price tag from the player that we've signed, right? Mm. Um, and ju- just to clarify, is that because it's not the it's not it's, it's going back to what Niall said? Like it's not our money. What you're saying is, if we have a limited pot, that's a big chunk of it, mm. and it's gone in this guy's. That, that's basically where you're going. Yeah, and, and like yeah. I suppose, arguably, then you look at if I'm signing a player for thirty million euro, what could I buy around Europe for the same price? And, yeah, that's and, a scary and, chat. And, and that yeah. then, yeah. that then changes the focus on, on what potentially you bring in. Like we, we, we're talking about all these lads at the World Cup, you know, who are having, a, who who've, who've also done it at club level. Like the, the likes of Griezmann at Sociedad. I reckon if you threw thirty million on the table, you'd sign, you'd get Griezmann. Hmm. You know, like and that to me is why I'm thinking right. If we're potentially going to lose Suarez, we need to replace him with goals. And although Lallana brings nine, ten goals from midfield, he doesn't replace twenty goals or the twenty-five goals that we're going to need to replace somebody who's a thirty-goal season player for us last season. But hang on a minute, he's not replacing Suarez. That, no, but he's, know, he's he's going to be one of the things, Dave. Like you, you no, can't no, no, you can't look in isolation and say if you're going to replace thirty goals a season, you have to get goals from everywhere, right? So now we're talking about Alexis Sanchez potentially, or we're talking about somebody else coming in, or even Markovic. Now is Markovic going to get us twenty goals? Hang on a minute. No, but he scored more goals last season than Henderson. He scored more goals last season than Coutinho. Most goals scored more goals than Allen. Scored more goals than Sterling. He's twenty six. But. But you, you're changing the argument here. So I'm not. No, he's I'm, too not old. I'm not. It's the it's the package. So you, you can't avoid. You can't, you can't say, take you one can't piece. say he doesn't score enough goals when he scores more goals than all the players you say are better than him, right? Second of all, so he's not replacing Suarez. I think that's a that that's a false argument to say. Nobody is standing here saying where, I am. Where, not, where did I say he was replacing Suarez directly? You said we're going to lose Suarez, and no, Milan doesn't I said, replace I said, twenty-five I said, goals. I said we were going to have we'll to replace. We'll rewind it back. Rewind we're it going, back. We're, <laughs> we, were, we were going to have to replace thirty goals, which we do. Right. So that means if you sign Lalana with ten goals. 
you're going to need to get somebody at least that's going to come in with 20, 25 goals for us. But if you don't sign a Lanner, you've got to replace 30 goals. So, But if you sign, if, you, if you, I'm talking about the money that we're putting down on the table, we could have signed a midfielder who brings us at least 15 goals. And it means you only need to sign a player that brings 15 goals to replace Suarez. But you don't know that Lallana wants to score 15 goals in our, in our system. Do you want, do you want, I'll tell you what, we stick 20 euro on it. I will tell you now that Lallana will not score 15 goals for us next season. All right. Right? Okay, there's the bet. You heard it here it's first. Stupid bet, but anyway, the other thing is. Why is well. it a stupid bet? We're talking about a player for thirty million euro. You want you want potentially world class for that say. price. He is not potentially world class. Why are you worried about the budget? If the if we end the budget, because if I've we end the season today. having not, you've named three players in twenty years, Phil, who all come in at flops from middle table clubs. Second of all, there's an we, endless list. This, I just picked out season, three. If we end the, if we end the summer, right, having not got players we needed to get because we've spent budget on Lalana, then you've got an absolute point. You've got a point then that said we shouldn't have spent that much money on him. But if we end the summer having got the players we needed to get and spent the money we needed to spend, then the price is irrelevant. But are you saying that he is better than, than the three that we have already there? Than who? Henderson, Allen and Coutinho. I, think, yeah, I don't think he plays in the same position as any of them. So where is he going to play? He's either going to play at number 10, rotating with Sterling, and he's going to play as a wide forward, which none of the players you just mentioned play there. But Coutinho plays as a wide forward and he plays and he's played as a 10 and he's played as the second half of the and season. I think Lallana will not play in the front three I think he'll play in that middle three he won't play in the middle three he's no. never played there for Southampton he's never going to play in the middle three mm. and then my, my, my final point on this is the, there's better players in Europe I get that argument as well right but if we sign seven players right I think there's an argument to say that some of those players have to be used to our league, have to use, be used to playing where we play, so the transition is a little easier. So you're hedging your bets a little bit. They're not all seven players coming from a different league, from a different country, have to settle at the same time. So buying players who are already in our league, are already settled, does give you an advantage. I'm not saying all of them should come from the league, but there is a there but is there is no, there. There is, there's no proof that buying a player from the league means that he's going to create the ground running. I'm sure there is. Mm. But well, there's, there's as much proof to show that it doesn't. There, yeah, that, if you look at it that way, yeah. What we need to do now is change this topic completely. Uh, <laughs> well, I was enjoying that. I, I know. I was gonna, you, you will notice that I said nothing because it was enjoyably tense. But we're going to move it along now to a lad called Divock uh, Origi. Um, if he wasn't at this World Cup, not many of us would know who he is. There's a talk about 14 million euros um, for, for, for this kid. Uh, he's been strongly linked with the club. Um, but there's also this story of him being then loaned back out to Lille or wherever it is. Are we in a position, if we talk, about, if we take Phil's point there, Paul, about uh, you know <clears throat> we have limited cash and we need to be careful what we do with it, are we in a position to be buying a lad for that hefty of a sum and then saying, on you go, Chelsea style? Like, we don't really have the funds for that kind of was, strategy, do we? I was surprised when we when I heard that we were interested in him. I'm, like, I'm one of these people that's only seen him at the World Cup. And, like, Most people I, are. Yeah, but when, they, like, when I heard we were interested, I was like, oh, nice, because he does look good. But then, and then when I heard that we were kind of thinking about loaning him back out straight away, I have to say I was surprised, especially because it's a decent chunk of money that we're spending on him. Hmm. And, like, yeah, I, I would wonder if we're kind of in the position to do that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'd love to just put him straight into the squad, you know, as a backup and give, give him minutes wherever we can. But I'm not sure about this, loaning him back. Yeah, it's, it's a strange strategy, isn't it? Molly, do you know anything about this uh, or have you any different angles on it? Well, it, it's, this loan back thing is actually the deal clincher because Lille uh, didn't want to, to let him go. They wanted to keep him for another season. So there was other teams inside. I know Spurs were in for him. There was other couple of clubs in for him. 
But the fact that we came in and said, listen, we want him, but we'll let you keep him for next season on loan, that was a deal clincher. That's what, or that's what will get us his signature. And like I, I know, I think you said it was around 14 million euros. Yeah. Which is just under half the price Lelana is. But he's also seven years younger than Lelana. These are the kind of signings I think we should be going after. You know, it, it really is critical. He's 19 years of age. He's his whole future ahead of him. And being 14 million euros on a guy who's already full international at a World Cup, that's not a gamble. You know, even if he flops, you're, you're going to get the majority of that money that back in the next year or two off him anyway. Hmm. So, you know, these are the type of players I think we should be going for. Yeah, what do you, but you know, you, specifically as to that part of the question about, you know, if we do have clearly we need to do a massive replacement if Suarez leaves and if we do have limited funds is that not a kind of a grandiose gesture uh, looking at the bigger picture when we have a very very immediate picture that we need to that we need no, to worry about No not really Trev because if if we pull out of this deal say we say listen we have to put our funds elsewhere Suarez may be off so that uh, 14 million euros could come in handy signing whether it's a Griezmann or Sanchez or whoever this kid could come along and have an absolutely amazing season with Lil, and next year he could be worth 20, 30 million, and we've lost out. And then the fans would be kicked up going, well, why didn't we get him last year? We could have gone for 10 million. It was like last summer. We could have picked up Lovren for 8 million last summer, and he was begging to come to us. You saw it all on Twitter, retweeting all the Liverpool fans. Begging to come to us. We could have gone for 8 million. But now, if we were to get him this summer, it's going to cost us double that, 15 yeah. or 16 million. So it, it, if, if the chance is there to pick a guy up who's only 19 who's already full international for 10 million you take it now Would you agree with that Niall? Are you happy enough with the, 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 the stories linking us with this kid? Yeah I think Molly makes a good point there I think um, he obviously must be very highly rated within the club if we're willing to spend 14 million you know which is a decent amount of money on a youngster and then loan him out which as Molly says is the deal clincher so that suggests to me that he is very highly rated within the club and obviously he's seen as someone you know we can't afford to let go because as Molly said, you know, who's to say this or next season won't be his real breakthrough season where he fires, you know, 20, 25 goals and suddenly every top club in Europe is after him. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a very good point, actually. To, the, the, kind of getting ahead of the curve is basically what you're saying. That's it, yeah. Um, you know, it's positive as well um, that we're targeting these type of players, you know. Um, these are the type of players that perhaps we've been bemoaning the fact we've missed out on over the last few years you know mm. I always harp back to the uh, Cristiano Ronaldo example where um, apparently uh, Ronaldo was looking to come to Liverpool but I think uh, Julian and Thompson had doubts as to whether um, I think it was £20 million or two euros or something at the time you know they had doubts whether they should take the risk on a player that's young so I think you know I'm not going to say now Origi is going to turn out anywhere near as good or successful as Ronaldo but it's good to see that we have our eyes on these type of players I think that's a very good point Phil, I, think, I think what's interesting with Origi is that he's played most of the season at Lille I think it's the left forward so he hasn't played through, through the centre um, it comes back to the point that Brendan has made made to you in the press conference about the versatility of, 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 of his players in the front line um, and he's another one of those players that, that can come in Although, well, saying that, going back to my Lalana point, right? The, hey, <laughs> sneaky bollocks. There's, 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 there's a bang of David and go off him as well. So <laughs> do, do, do you remember when we saw him and we, we thought we picked him up at an absolute steal? One million, yeah. Yeah, and, and similar to when Anelka went to Arsenal that time and mm. then it didn't work out. So, look, when you sign a player this young 
at 19 there's no guarantee that they're going to work out for you but I think Chelsea have pointed away in terms of what you have to do with young players now and that's be prepared to take a risk and stockpile them and loan them out as, as many times as we can you know, the only thing that I, when I was looking at it and saying, okay, the guy is versatile and he plays along the front line, and I'm looking at Jordan Oyeb as well. Like, you know, we talk about him and he looks a fine player as well coming through. He really does. You know, yeah. you just wonder, um, do we need to sign another similar type player and loan him out? Because I think we need, and going back to like Bardi argument we just had around Lallana, like we, we are talking about needing a squad next year. Now, if we're loaning Origi back, and say for argument's sake, Suarez does go, it means that like you've got Lambert and you've got Sturridge and we know Sturridge you know, picks up injuries over the course of the season. Maybe we're better off taking him this season and having him with us this season because I saw another quote that was, that was in, in, I can't remember what was the mirror or something saying that it's swayed for him that you know he'd be playing Champions League football with Liverpool. Mm. <laughs> now, you know, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> that, that, that was my point. Like if, you, if you want to play Champions League football, fuck going back on loan to Lille. You, you yeah. need to come now, fella, and, and make sure that we're in the Champions League next season. Yeah, unless unless it's a good sign for Jordan Ibe that he is very much in the yeah. thinking, which is possible. Uh, Dave, d- give you a chance to. Oh, sorry, Paul. Yeah, uh, at the risk of like being stabbed in the face here, but <laughs> you know, like if we are dumping that much money down him and giving him on loan, it probably puts an even finer point than the amount that we're spending on Lallana because that's going to be what thirty, thirty three to thirty five million, basically, um, th- that of our money. If if Lallana does like turn out to be kind of overpriced. Yeah, so it's making you more anxious is yeah. what you're saying, yeah. Don't hurt me, Dave. Dave, Dave, <laughs> Dave, Dave don't walk. Don't walk, Dave. Don't walk. <laughs> Dave's firing pens all uh, over the studio here. I, I mean, I'm supportive of the strategy, mm. but there's no way you can tell me that spending 10 million on this kid is less of a risk than spending the money on Lalana. I won't have it. I'm sorry. Mm. If we've got a limited budget, you don't spend £10 million on a player who's not going to play all year and could be a flop. Could I, be and, the next Avenue. And, no, no, and, and that's so what I'm saying. You can't be supportive of one and not supportive of the other. If you're supportive of Lalana, there's no way this kid is a more surefire bet or we can't lose on this. So we t- all transfers are risks, whether it's £10 million mm. or £25 million, and they all come with pros and cons. My my bottom line is, and I said it from the beginning, you support the manager if he's the player the manager wants and the manager is going to play him, mm. which is my biggest frustration about last summer's uh, transfers is that he clearly didn't want the players. I don't care what he spends on them. I care if it gets to the end of the summer and it means we haven't been able to strengthen elsewhere because we've overpaid. But apart from that, I don't care what he spends on anyone. If it's the player the manager wants and he's going to play him and he's going to contribute to our squad, then spend what you want. I'm happy with that. Mm. Well, moving away from the less successful David no goals type of players, and hopefully w- w- there's another go- guy that's been mentioned, and that's Lazar Markovic. Uh, do you know anything about him, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get, get off! Who scored there? <laughs> Hang on, just talk amongst yourselves a minute. Right, okay, that's 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 clearly I, me I being a prick. Can, can, can I, I just I, jump in for a second, yeah. just before I answer? Right, mm. there's a report in the Portuguese press tonight that says um, Chelsea own fifty percent of his rights. Okay, and we have to buy to, to buy. They have an option to buy him at fifteen million euro, fifteen million pounds. For basically, because they have half the rights as it stands at this moment mm. in time, now that's that's in the Portuguese press. So, I think they have to either forego their options, similar to Alberto at Barcelona last, or sorry, at Seville last year, and Barcelona had the option on it, or we'll have to buy out Chelsea's option and also um, Sport Lisbon's um, option to and Benfica's option on the actual player, which means you're looking at a potential deal of forty million as opposed to the twenty. Sweet to find, yeah. In the words of gorgeous George from Snatch, this will get messy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's crazy stuff. So I think on Markovic, what I would say is that um, 
Marco Lopez, who's been on the pod yeah. before, actually, you know, and he, he's a big Benfica fan. And, you know, I remember I talked to him a couple of weeks ago and he said that if we signed this guy, he'd be the second best player on our team, right? Yeah. Uh, now Jeez, that was, that's a big shot. That was before Sterling kind of mm. pushed on. Um, and he's admitted that Sterling is probably a little bit ahead of him in terms of his development. But, I mean, you know, he's, he watches him week in, week out. I don't. You know, yeah. I saw him in the, you know, in the Europa League. He looked quick good feet you know all that kind of stuff uh, but you know I'm pretty I trust Marco and if he says this guy's a player then Can, you know, I trust that I had um, I had a chat with him there on, yeah. on Twitter like, I think it was on Saturday or something was, Marco I, I, or Lazar I, 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 I was drinking again so. <laughs> Steve Daly was talking <laughs> and um, we actually had a decent conversation he, he was saying you know he asked the question who would you go for now and I was saying well at this moment in time I'd probably go for Shakiri. He was saying if you had an option of Shakiri or Markovic, who would you go for? And I said, well, I'd probably fall on the Shakiri side because the development is that little bit further down the track and we need players for now. That are ready, yeah. Right, and young players for now. Like, I'm not saying... Now, he actually came back and agreed that if we if we want to sign a player for now, Shakiri would be a better option than Markovic. But Markovic potentially has a higher ceiling in yeah. his, his overall potential. Which then throws up to me, if we are signing Origi for, based on his potential and we're loaning him back... Um, and we're having Lalana, regardless of price tags, right? And we're saying that he's going to bring something to the team, right? In my opinion, potentially we may be going after a target that you're not going to see the best of of two or three years. If you lose Suarez on top, and it comes back to the whole idea that if potentially we're losing Suarez as well, I'm just a little concerned about the now as opposed to two years. I, I don't want to see us get into that trap where it's always this is going to come good in a couple of seasons. It came good this season. I want it to continue to be good. Now, and, uh, and like, let's be honest, most of us here do trust the manager's opinion on, 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 on targets, etc. That's there, right? But you are going to question, when you see things that stand out for you or you have these conversations, it's only natural to question, would we not be better off going for somebody who's just a little bit maybe further down the track in terms of development and maybe doesn't have as high a ceiling because they're going to have a much bigger impact on their side over the next two seasons mm. as opposed to what Markovic will then bring us in two seasons' time. It's not a question, though, that we have to address is that you say that we trust the manager's opinion on signings or on, 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 on spotting players, but because of the confusion around the whole uh, committee and all the rest of it it's really hard to know which is which which has been a Rogers shout and which has been a committee well, shout I, you know that, that's another one that I sort of struggle with because you know does, does the committee shout and does the, the, the Rogers shout I think it's look it's, it's a committee system and Rogers is part of the committee I don't think there's one over the other I think Rogers has um, his preferred targets and they're the ones they go after first um, and then after that, if it, it's a case of okay, who's the who's the next best option? So if we're saying like Sanchez definitely seems to be top of the options that they want, and then you know it falls down where it is. Now they're saying that Markovic was meant to be back up to Lalana, but they still believe they can activate whatever clauses in his yeah. contract, and they want to go in and get him now. Well, which well, is fine. But you know, coming back to the earlier point of does this leave us short? Every player we've talked about tonight is an is an attacker. Mm. And our biggest issue last season was our defence. Yeah, we're we going to come to that just before we get out of here because I do want to talk about that. It's not, so not just on the just on the back in the manager piece, I just want to clarify: this isn't about being a super fan, right? It's not about saying that what the manager does, you know, you can't question it, you can't have an opinion or anything like that. But it does come down to the fact, right, that one it and I don't. This is no disrespect to anyone we're talking about, but it is easy to see a player and say, "Oh, we should sign this player instead." Like that's easy to do to say, let's get oh oh my god, for that money, we could get this player. It's much harder to do that in real life, right? To, to, you know, so you've, you know, you get a target 
and you know that no matter who the target is, you name any player, mm. aside from Messi, Ronaldo and Suarez, and there would always be a player that you could name that that's you at could a get. similar level. Exactly, right? Mm. So that's the easiest game in the world. But it comes down to it that the manager lives and dies by his silence, right? And you talked earlier about the expectation for Liverpool next year and I was going to be much higher. The manager's going to expect a challenge for the league. So... His balls are on the line. If he doesn't get this summer right... And mine are on the table. Yeah. Yours are on a player. Yours are on a, you, you were putting them on players earlier on, Bella. They're actually mobile. Your balls are mobile. So you have to think that they are taking this very, very seriously. I, I, I get that, Dave. But look at the idea. Look at what happened last season. I understand you're saying there's been progress. But you've got Alberto and you've got that Celta Vigo ham sitting on the bench all year because they were not trusted by the manager. He, 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 like, and we, we, we eulogise about this guy's ability to work with players and be a wonderful coach and it's clearly but obvious that he is. Don't you then but have to they, those guys were cut adrift because they were shit. But don't you then have to be happy that we've learned from last summer and said, okay, well, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to overpay for I'd the targets we want. I would love to right? think that's what's going well, that's on. What's I'd love, well, <laughs> thanks Dave. Dave <laughs> says that's what's happening everybody. So we're all right. Um, can we get back right, to... Right, so then, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, can you lock the door there, fella? I'll, um, I'll just, uh, I'll edit out everything and just say, that's right and we're off. Fair enough, fair enough. Now let's change topic completely and look at... Uh, the tournament that's going on at the moment, seeing as we can't really nail down any more certainty with regards to signings. And let's look at the World Cup. And Brazil, who are my shout on the pod for uh, home success, are sneaking their way through. They're bit shit, let's be honest, but they're sneaking their way through. Um, the Dark Horses, uh, nominated by a couple of people here, um, I can't think who they were, um, <laughs> Colombia, they're doing quite well. I think it was me, yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> and France as well. That's not. That's not how I recall that at all. Um, <laughs> remember the preview? Thomas replied up there. They seem to be Get doing on quite Columbia. well. Thomas Rodriguez, remember? Yeah. But basically, Niall, Brazil looked like they're just going to kind of sneak their way through and certainly make the semis at least. Can you see them getting past Colombia in this next uh, um, um, hurdle? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that game. I think it'll be a great game. Um, I've been impressed with Colombia. Uh, obviously, uh, they've become a lot of people's um, favourite team, perhaps, during the tournament. We can see the likes of uh, Rodriguez and Cuadrado as a player I really like as well. Uh, they've lots of talented players. I think it's um, it's a pity that um, they have no Falcao. I would have really liked to see what he could do in this team. Perhaps, um, you know, they'd be in with a real shout, I think, if they had Falcao. I think, personally, I think they're just going to fall short. But um, I think they'll put it up to Brazil, but uh, I can see Brazil scraping through again thanks to home advantage. Um, but yeah, it's been a great, it's been a wonderful uh, World Cup so far. Um, and I was who, actually quite happy Brazil stayed in. I know a lot of people wanted Chile to turn them over there the other day, but I think the longer Brazil stay in it, you know, the more exciting the tournament is. I think there's a lot to be said for that. And like, apart from who you think, who would you like? Who 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 is it you'd like to actually see uh, come out on top? Um, in Brazil, Colombia, is it? Or, no, uh, overall, overall, no. Um, I'd like to see Argentina come out on top purely for the fact that um, I'd really love Messi to finally, you know, uh, silence the doubters once and for all and, uh, you know, win the World Cup. He's been great so far. You know, he's got his goals now. Everything is rolling for him. So I think I'd just like to see Messi cap it all off. Yeah. And um, that would be the old World Cup debate then finally put to bed. Yeah, popular enough shout. I'd imagine that night. All right. Um Let's hear the same from Molly. What 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 are your shouts um, from what you've seen so far? Who do you like the look of, and who do you think is going to probably uh, make a bit of progress? Well, during the the World Cup preview party we did, I I said I thought the Germans were going to win, and uh, I'm sticking there. I think I think they look absolutely fantastic. 
especially there at their front line there, Muller and, and Close, it comes on and Podolsky. I think the, the Germans are the team to beat. But I would like to see Brazil win it. You know, because in fairness to us fans, they're absolutely fanatical about about their team and the fact that it's on the home soil over there. And if they go out in the next round to Colombia, I wouldn't fancy being over in Brazil at the moment because they would kick off big time. Yeah. So I, I'd like to see a Brazil-Germany final. I think they're on opposite sides of, of the draw. So that'd be ideal in my book. Fair enough, fair enough. Paul, as our resident uh, international football expert. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, Bill, now. I'm Muslim, Bill. Brilliant, Pikey John Giants. Uh, <laughs> um, what, what did you? What did you? What did you think of uh, Holland? Sorry, the Netherlands there uh, last night. Uh, we spoke about them. We were very excited about them when we saw them in the last game. But basically, it was Mexico throwing that match away, wasn't it? Kind of, yeah. Um, Van Halen, like he's he's getting the best out of Robin. Balls real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> again and um, what's called a, like bar the Mexico game he's, <coughs> like Van Persie's producing as well mm-hmm. so that, that's a big plus for them and I don't think they're really as adventurous as you'd expect from a Van Hal team I think obviously mm-hmm. like they, they smashed Spain but I think Spain kind of fell apart and Holland took advantage of that but um, I, I think I don't really I, they, they obviously squeezed past Mexico a bit but I think that'll happen I think I still think they're very good, they're dangerous. You think they might actually kind of sneak their way through? Yeah, I think yeah. I think they have every chance of it. Yeah, yeah they've they, had like a, a ropey performance, but but still, yeah. And I, I, I like Niall. I'd love um, Messi to win it because of this fucking, you know, this ridiculous idea that he's not from a different planet and it's all just because he plays for Barcelona. Yeah. I'd love to see him show all them people up. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think like I said, I think there's a lot of people who would be behind that. The kit is a conversation that we need to have at some point. I don't know if we're going to have it now, but what about that? Uh, Goalkeeper kit on the Mexican fella last night. Wonderful. That is possibly the uh, that kit was it's sex. Wonderful. It was just beautiful. I think the whole his whole regalia, his wig, everything. Everything the wig was, is beautiful. Was, yeah. was, was wonderful. But I, 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 I know. <laughs> fuck, the, fuck the football. Yeah. Kits are intrinsic to good football. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> if, like, you always remember good kits. Like the, mm. the '94 World Cup had shocking kits, right? Well, give me a few shouts about some good kits. Well, Germany uh, won 1990. Yeah, 1990 with the kind of thing across the, the, the middle. Across yeah. it. Despite the World Class. Cup being rubbish, it was Lothar Mateus. Yeah, yeah. kit. The, my, the first kit I ever had, uh, international kit I ever had, was the was the Argentina kit from '78. No, from '86. '74. <laughs> <laughs> no, Trev. <laughs> no. Sorry, it's just I was at both of those. Know, but the, your, your, the kit you got was in black and white. <laughs> the, the '86 Argentina kit was quality. To be yeah. fair, that yeah. that's as good that's as good as as as, as kits go. Just really, really simple. Oh, it's not. Ju- it's not just the, the, the you know the the. The look of the kit, like the the thing that pissed me off about Chile the other day was Sanchez's shorts being rolled up around his tonsils, like that. That, mm. that annoyed me. That oh, we need to talk about that. If we sign him, we're going to need to talk about. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can leave his fucking Daisy Dukes. I can't. I, I, I couldn't be dealing with that. It was just. It was okay. The eighties were good. There's, there's nothing no, wrong with like, short shorts, but you don't. No, but you don't turn long shorts. Well, into why, short why shouldn't you turn them out? It's yeah. the turn them in thing. It just looks yeah. ridiculous. No, not having it. Yeah, so, I'm not having it. So that's no. We don't want Sanchez now. No. And, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> because of short. Fences. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, we're no, but yeah, the, 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 
great kits. Like the, the Brazil kit, the Brazil kit tradition is great, right? But they fucking bastardize it by not being able to wear the blue shorts with the white with the white socks. Well, that, that's that's that's, that's, a, that's, FIFA that's bullshit, Yeah, yeah. And listen, FIFA can fuck off, basically, right? I want mm. Brazil have to wear yellow jersey, blue shorts, white socks. Imagine them not wearing. That's their the way they kit. always do. Right? There's no problem. When I watch the highlights of other World Cups and, and World Cup things. There was I can recognise what teams are on there. But this, I, I started, and, and in fairness, right to throw out the black and white argument in fucking twenty fourteen. In it's bananas. Fuck off. It's bananas. Who watches in black and white? Seriously, I don't know, and I don't care to be honest with you because I watch it in colour, right? Mm. And I want to see the proper kits on the proper teams. Well, I came to you because you're a, a World Cup veteran, um, <laughs> uh, self, self self appointed yeah. World yeah. Cup veteran. Yeah. The, Engl- the English kit, strange enough, was quite nice in this World Cup. It is. I'm yeah. not sure about the black trim on Argentina's one. No, I'm not I sure about that. Yeah. It's, it's a blue and white, just yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, no, seriously, there's, there's, a tradition, there's a level of traditionalness that you need with, kit, with, with, with international kits, mm. right? And once you, once you step away from that and put, do stupid things with it, I'm not interested. Where do you stand on the quite fitted Uruguayan number? Well, it's, 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 you won't be wearing it yourself. Yeah, if you can fit into them, then fair play. Like, like it's you not need one for the fans. A, a body fat can't hunt over like 1% yeah. to get yeah. into that jersey. Yeah, yeah. Like, Even uh, Suarez looked like he had a bit of a Nedzer on him against yeah. England. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of a yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There was a bit of chunk there going on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Imagine what he's going to be. He'd be like Paddy Kenny when he comes back <laughs> after his form went back. Well, Suarez was carrying timber when he came back after pre season last year. He was, actually. That's because he was banned again. Yeah, because he was banned. I remember under Kenny as well, um, remember we played Exeter away. I think he scored, you know, the keeper made a ball, Mm. something he scored a volley. I remember in that game looking, Jesus... Yeah, carrying a bit there. Well, he's a stocky kid, yeah. you know, and if, if you're carrying anything at all, it's going to show. On kids, sorry, one more thing yeah, on kids. Go. There's been a couple of keepers with, you know, the black kit, mm. black gloves and black boots. Like, yeah. one of them has to win the World Cup. I think Iran's keeper is down at their own. They're not but, going to win the World Cup. Mexico. Yeah. yeah no. Um, Argentina, Sam. Romero. Argentina, yeah, wearing, yeah. He's wearing Mexico. that. Yeah, and, that, that's why. Fuck me. So I want them to wear win the and, World and Cup. And just one still. thing, right? The one thing I can't take, though, is the booties. No. Any team, if the, if there's more than five players wearing booties in the team, fuck these, off. These are the new Nike high tops for him. Who do you think of they, Gaston Ramirez wearing one pink one, one green one? Well, he's not the only one. Can't. Yeah, and he's yeah, not Puma the only one. Have one pink one, one blue one. And it's that, shocking. Scandalous. No, it's shocking. No, disgusting. No. Uh, lads, lads on the line. Niall, your your World Cup uh, highlight kit so far. What would it be? Uh, I really like the France kit. The ah, it's a beauty, isn't it? Yeah. I did, I did point that out in my preview as well. You did, yes. Yeah, well so well that's, that's the one reason why they'll probably win the World Cup. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Uh, we'll just get back to Niall here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> apart, apart, apart from France, Niall, anything else standing out for you, fella? Um, and the, the Algeria kid is different, anyway. I'll tell you, yeah. any, any weight with that jersey, yeah, yeah, in fairness, in fairness. Cameroon as well. Do you remember they had the, the sleeveless jersey at one stage? Oh, do you remember the onesie yeah, they had? Onesie, yeah. they had they, they had they had that onesie was slightly, uh, and Ghana, the by the way, should have been thrown out of the tournament for that color, anyway. Oh, the co- Oh, colour. I see what you're saying with oh, that. I mean, like the LSD color, something warrior to throw out. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? The seven-year-old. That's the biggest disappointment that Warrior didn't have any magic. No, no seven-year-old with a crayon. Because you can only imagine yeah. what they come up with. Yeah, look what I made, Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a South Africa kit by Warrior would be spectacular. Would be you know the way they've got like 400 colors in their flag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Molly, to finish us off, your World Cup highlight kit so far. I like the Costa Rican one. I was, I was looking at him play here so I was thinking that's not a bad kit so I'd wear that going down the street you, you, you'd actually would you yeah, yeah. you think you'd, you could pull that yeah, off yeah it looks okay yeah that yeah. looks a bit stylish oh, I'd say I'd go down a treat yeah. down in Limerick there Molly like, <laughs> 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 uh, 
Molly, I'm just going to go around because a question's come in in the middle of the podcast here, and we were, we weren't going to do listeners' questions one, but this is this is quite interesting because I know this is somebody who has been irritating the living shit out of so many humans, the world, uh, the world really, in terms of his general annoyance, his melty head, and his stupid way with people, and that is Adrian Childs uh, <laughs> over on uh, over on ITV. Um, if you were to choose one footy pundit, now we'll take Childs out of it because I think he's top of everybody's list. If you were to choose one footy pundit that, like Father Ted and Bishop Brennan, you could go and kick him up the arse, who would you go for? So far on the World Cup um, across the channels, who's really gotten your goal? There's a couple of shows there, you know, but that, that Phil Neville, he, he nearly sent me to sleep where I think it was England were playing um, Italy. It was basically, there was 30 seconds left in the game and he was going, there's still time. <laughs> 10 seconds left. So he would definitely get a boot from me. Yeah. And plus he's a Neville. So, you know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's good enough reason in itself. Niall, who would you go for? I can't look any further than Mark Lawrence. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. Can you, can, can you give us a reason why? No reason. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Because he's Mark Lawrence and Paul. Who are you going for? I'll veer away from the Rio Ferdinand thing, but um, what you gonna, I'd actually go for Canavaro. He's pissed me off. Really? First, yeah. Really? Just you know, he's asked a question. He just starts kind of giggling and like he's been absolutely crap. I think he's gotten a real pass though because he's so pretty. Yeah, basically. Yeah. and because he's he was brilliant. Like yeah, yeah, the Pirlo factor. It, oh, it is. It is, no, yeah. he's not. He's shit. He's a shit. <laughs> he's he's, he's not answering questions. He's just giggling. Bin him. Kick yeah. him up the arse. Kick him up the arse. Okay, Dave, your shout. Probably too savage. Is an absolute cunt. Oh, he's, he's horrible. horrible. <laughs> 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 I hate everything about him. He's just. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> the BBC is a licensed licensed payer funded organisation. Mm. People in the UK are paying taxes for him to be on their TV. It's yeah. fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And then the second one is Clark Carlisle, who oh, oh my yeah. god, he's meant to be like this really smart. Because he was on fucking Question Time. Joey Barton was Everybody. on Question Time and he's a moron. Uh, yeah. So Clark Carlisle, he's so Clark. boring. Phil, you're a shout for the man who you would most like to kick up the arse a la Bishop Brennan. Well, thankfully, I, I've watched most of the RTE coverage. So okay. I've, I've, I've stayed clear of the, of the British pundits. So um, there's, there's a couple on RTE deserve a kick. <laughs> there is. Kenny Cunningham deserves an Kenny. absolute wallop Kenny. up the hole. At this particular moment in time. <laughs> At this particular moment in time. <laughs> Shut up, Eamon. I hate you. I'm going to beat you in the oh. head. Oh. I think if you wait long enough, Dunphy's going to kick him. So oh, yeah, that. yeah. It's like, yeah, Cunningham kick as well. eyebrows are so intense that they are crazy. They move with his mouth. He Watch just, it the next time. They actually, it, 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 when his mouth moves, his eyebrows move as well. It's the most bizarre like, thing that's ever. That's a brilliant depression you're doing. Just <laughs> it's, it's like, you know those cartoons where the eyebrows are drawn above yeah. the head? <laughs> And he doesn't know what he's doing with all the hair everywhere on his head. Like the hair, <laughs> it's it's just it's just fucking wrong. I know because I've got uh, you know I'm I'm, I'm concerned with this kind of thing. <laughs> it's it's fucked up. What's he doing with the hair everywhere on his head? The beard is wrong. The head is wrong. He's fucking wrong. But can, I, I can tell you, can, do you know can. do you know who's getting a kick up the hole? Because well, he obviously didn't get one in a previous life, and it's fucking Glenn Hoddle. Glenn Hoddle. Yeah. The moralised yeah. now of him after the Suarez boys. Fuck off. Yeah. Right? After the shit that he's come out with in the past, bend over, you're getting a size 10 up your arsehole. Lastly then, as usual, some admin. 
We start off by giving a big shout as ever to Astro Park. If you want to play five or seven aside football, this is a place for you. So get onto them and book your game at www.astropark.ie. As of very recently, we're now feeding into the well-known blog Aggregator News Now because our website content is really quite good. There's some incredible articles last week, um, some great scout reports, including one on Lazar Markovic. The standard of quality fare will continue next week. So as ever, get on to www.lfcdaytrippers.com. The, we also have news of a fantastic competition in uh, which you can win a signed Stephen Gerrard jersey from soccerspeaker.co.uk who are also putting on two nights, one in Dublin, one in Belfast with Cara, with Luis Garcia and Didi Haman. Full details of that competition are also up on the aforementioned website. And finally then, a real big thanks to James Pierce for joining us earlier on the show. Your day trippers tonight were Dave Thomas, Paul Brennan, Mr. Mole, Niall Sheridan, Phil Casey and myself, Trev Downey. Right, I'm joined in the bunker here for this impromptu podcast by Phil Casey, Paul Brennan and Dave Thomas. And on the line Hello. hello and on the line via the fickle magic of Skype by Niall Sheridan, that's Twitter's Green Scouser, and the inimitable Moley. So gents, there's nowhere to start but Suarez from an LFC perspective. I'm gonna start that again. Because I don't like that. I fucking I have to do my impromptu I, alone. I couldn't give a fuck about your impromptu alone. Start again. Slight pause. Okay. I'm not editing any of this. Please. Please. I've been sick all week. Give me a fucking chance here. You're such a diva. I didn't like that one. I didn't care. Just take, take another one. Let's go again. If you had hair, you'd flick it. <laughs> He's gonna start flicking his beard. Getting that long. I'm adjusting my eyebrows, motherfucker. Now that'll do it. Okay, right. Uh, <coughs> let's start again. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total wine and more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.